you are listening to the 91st episode of the Common Ground Football Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, my followers, to all my listeners out there, this is your warning. The time has come as we approach this Thursday's game to remind all that follow me on social media, especially Twitter, that I am one that likes to coach from the couch. I am one that likes to yell at the clouds in the sky. Some would call me a negative Nancy. But truthfully, I am just a passionate fan that happens to express myself through tweets more when things are going bad than when things are going well. So please, be prepared to see tweets you may not agree with or that you may have kept to yourself if it were you. Because folks, it's football season. It starts this week. Are you ready? Let's roll. Common Ground Football Podcast. What is happening, everybody? Episode 91, the 2021 season is upon us. Week one begins this week, Thursday. We get to see the Patriots. I see Tom Brady and I think Patriots. We get to see the Bucks, Cowboys kick this thing off. Uh, who's excited? I'm excited. It's finally here. Preseason's over. We had our little break. It's time to get things rocking and rolling. Um, I'm Brian McLaughlin. I'm your host, if you didn't know. Uh, and this is the Common Ground Football Podcast. What are we going to go over this week? So first episode into uh, uh, you know a format that's going to be kind of similar week to week. We're going to do what, we, what I'd always done, even when it was me and Andrew. Um, go over what the week is going to look like. Um, not too in-depth. Uh, but go over a bunch of stuff and then give some predictions out, especially since this is the week one episode. I got to pick divisions. I got to pick wild card, Super Bowl, Super Bowl winner. I got a sneaky snake team. I got to pick all that stuff. And then, of course, I'll pick winners, do all that. We got some Seahawks stuff to go over. Um, we'll talk about what I'm going to do going forward with the NFC West. Uh, a bunch of stuff to go over. Huge episode. And uh, I'm not even going to tell you I'm going to try and keep it under an hour because what's the point of that? Every time I say it, we don't do it, so I'm going to try a little reverse psychology. You see what I'm doing there? Hoping that if I if I say that I'm going to keep it under or you know uh, not even pay attention, maybe this is the one, but I doubt it. So uh, I hope everyone had a great week since the last episode came out. Let's move right into it. Uh, first thing I wanted to go over just because I needed to familiarize myself with it because, man, offseason for me was super busy with life and just trying to uh, get a hold of everything with still like the pandemic going on and all that other stuff. Um, I didn't pay as close attention as I really wanted to on mostly NFL stuff. So um, I'm sure most of you already know, but I wanted to quickly run through uh, as we start to watch games that actually matter this week. Uh, rule changes for the 2021 season. We're going to go through this really, really quick. Uh, if there's anything that um, we need to go over. So uh, this is coming directly from NFL football operations the 2021 NFL rule changes um, fouls during try attempts was weird. When I first read that, I was like, was this basketball? It's weird. 
Um, the competition committee has revised the rule enforcement of fouls that occurred during uh, try attempts. Any previously enforced penalty on a try attempt cannot be negated, even if the resulting penalties allow a team to attempt a different try option. So, uh, hooray. Uh, illegal forward pass. Uh, a forward pass from beyond, uh, beyond the line of scrimmage results in a loss of down at five yards from the spot of the pass. Duh. Beginning in the 2021 season, a second forward pass thrown from behind the line of scrimmage or a forward pass thrown after the ball returns behind the line of scrimmage will now result in a loss of down and a five-yard penalty from the previous spot. Additionally, if the foul occurs in the end zone, it will, of course, result in a safety. Hooray for that one. Um, the free kick formation. This is a, this is an interesting one. I don't know how many of you got annoyed last season in watching um, onside kicks and how um, – since they've changed the formations and what and how they're allowed to line up for kicks in interest of player safety, of course, the onside kick has become almost um, non-existent. These teams try it and I mean, hardly ever. It was a big deal. I remember any time that one actually got um, went back to the team that kicked it, it was a huge deal. Blow up social media because uh, it hardly ever happened. So this is a one-year-only uh, change. They're going to try it out and see what happens. For one year only, all receiving team players must be in bounds and behind their restraining line, and at least eight, but no more than nine, players be positioned between their restraining spot and a res- their restraining line, and a spot fifteen yards behind their setup zone. So, um, we shall see if that makes any difference whatsoever. Um, onside kicks are a blast. They're a fun part of the game. Uh, just, just like kicks in general, I'm a kickoff guy. I know that a lot of fans out there want to see the kickoff just go away. I am not one of those people. I think that, uh, when someone runs a kick for back for a touchdown, it's one of the most entertaining, fun plays in a football game. It's just, it's, I love it and I have no problem with it whatsoever. And so I feel like I understand player safety. I understand that part. And I'm, I'm, I back that up 100% okay with that as well. Obviously, we need to keep our players safe, but um, it's still a fun game. I want to see those fun fun plays. So uh, we will see if that makes a difference. Again, that's only for one year. So um, game officials receiving assistance from replay officials. So the committee has expanded the rule for game officials to receive assistance from the replay official and designated members of the officiating department to advise the game officials on specific objective aspects of a play when clear and obvious video evidence is present and or to address game administration issues. This rule is designed to assist game officials in the administration of certain objective on-field penalties. So there's going to be some backup, basically, for some of those you know controversial callings. So that's cool. Um, blocks below the waist. New for 2021, the tight end box is defined as the area two yards outside of the normal tackle position and extends five yards on either side of the line of scrimmage. Blocks below the waist during a scrimmage down prior to a change of possession are prohibited by players from either team unless the contact occurs within the tight end box. So that area two yards outside of the normal tackle position. And that extends five yards on either side of the line of scrimmage. So um, this does not apply to a runner or a player attempting to catch a forward or backward pass. Players are still restricted by other low block rules even if the contact occurs within the tight end box, such as the illegal crackback block, which of course is a big deal, chop block or clipping. Again, another one that just interested in player safety. And uh, we'll see some calls on this that are probably a little questionable, but 
we're going to continue to see these types of things where eventually we just become flag football and and that's just where we're headed with the NFL. So um, be ready for that. Uh, we already watched preseason. There was no overtime in preseason and nobody cared. Um, and then uh, the numbering rules by position, they did change some number the way the numbers are, are dueled out to players. I think I saw something. I didn't read the full story. I think I saw something where I think it was Tom Brady that was upset by the way they renumbered stuff. So, isn't he become so vocal since his move to Tampa Bay? Guy kept quiet up there in New England. I guess his last year in New England, he started opening up. But now he's just he's just all out there. Uh, point of emphasis, we went over taunting in um, a couple episodes ago and how that was going to be a point of emphasis. So, we already know that one. Uh, use of the helmet, they are going to continue to emphasize the use of the helmet rule, which was adopted back in 2018. Um so we'll see more emphasis on that and then the taunting. So that's your major changes. Not a ton going on. What I wanted to do next, just real quick, run through power rankings because we're about to start week one, and I wanted to pull three different sites and see if there was any difference whatsoever. You got different writers here on what who they thought were your power teams going into the 2021 season. And I pulled NFL.com, uh, CBS Sports, and then, of course, ESPN. So real quick, we're just going to go – I just want to look at the top – uh, you know, top 10, um, starting with NFL.com, not a surprise, uh, to start the season, they got Tampa Bay Buccaneers up there. I don't blame them. I mean, if you look at what went on down there, Brady got everything that he ever wanted and then they went and won a Super Bowl. And not only that, um, he, <laughs> they got everyone back in the rare instance. Uh, I mean, this never happens, but they got everyone that was on that team starters all the starters returned and and you never see that so um even at the age of 44 years old um the guy i mean we can't you, you can't deny his talent his and the fact that he is you know probably the best quarterback ever to play the game some will argue that's not true but i don't know rings have a lot to do with it it's the argument in the nba and and a bunch of other sports i mean He's got the most. He's just he. If they win another one this year, I'm I'm I may quit. I may be done. I don't know if I can handle that. So, uh, shocking. Not at all shocking. Actually, they're number one. Uh, number two, Kansas City Chiefs. Also shocker. Um, here's the thing with the Chiefs. The Chiefs absolutely could have won that Super Bowl, but they didn't have an offensive line. Everyone was hurt. So. You get healthy guys blocking for Mahomes, and Mahomes is still one of the freak of natures at the quarterback position, and every team wishes they could have a Patrick Mahomes. If he can stay healthy, not get hurt. If his offensive line can stay healthy, and if there are issues, they can patch him up with some decent players so that uh, we don't make a repeat, he'll, they'll be right there. That could be an absolute repeat of your Super Bowl right there. You could get it two years in a row, and you could have a completely different outcome. Uh, we'll talk about that in my picks a little later in the show. Uh, number three, Buffalo Bills. Um, I mean, what else? What, what can you really say? They're, I mean, they're they're a team that on, for several years now has been on the upward tick, and they've got talent all over the place, and and they absolutely deserve to be there. Now, number four is the Packers. You could have. Being where the Packers got to in the playoffs last year, you could easily flop, you know, flip flop there three and four. Um, and since you do have AA Ron coming back, 
and him getting what he wants off of an MVP season. Um, I think they probably did that because I, I believe, uh, didn't they lose an Oz to see? Yep. Yeah. Star left tackle. Um, how do you say his name? Bakhtahari? I think that's how you say it. He's in the, he's in the midst at least the first six weeks of the season, uh, as he's recovering from an ACL tear. So, um, you got, I mean, this is the year that we all know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust for him. So, um, I expect to, it's Aaron Rodgers. I just picked him in fantasy again, uh, tonight. I had my one last draft and I picked him again because why wouldn't you? It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Uh, number five, Baltimore Ravens. Um, even though they just lost JK Dobbins, talked about that last episode. Um, Lamar Jackson, he's just, you know, is he, is he, is he, is he the real deal? I think that's still the question that's out there. I think that there's obviously he's got Patrick McHolmes. Uh, I need more caffeine. Uh, Patrick Mahomes tendencies, but the problem with Lamar is his, his throwing. It's not anywhere close to Mahomes, but he can move around a lot and get creative. And that's what they, they look at. So, uh, they still got him ranked pretty high even after losing Dobbins. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Los Angeles Rams, number six on the NFL.com's power ranking list. And, um, not at all shocked there they they are a force to be reckoned with in the nfc west and then my seahawks will definitely have to deal with that and this is going to be the interesting year with them because all of a sudden they made a change at quarterback and can can stafford go in there and actually make a difference we we shall see uh number seven my Seattle Seahawks. I love this. Which version of the Seahawks offense will show up on Sunday against the Colts? The Let it Russ Cook edition, which averaged 34 points per game in the first eight games of 2020, or the Russ Looks Cooked attack that closed out the season, averaging just 22.3 points over the final nine weeks, including the postseason. Um, they're betting on the former. I'm going to talk about this as when we talk about uh, the game uh, this week in Indianapolis, uh, which which Russell I think we're going to see. And it may not be up to him. That's going to be the problem. Um, so they're number seven. Number eight, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, it's amazing where they came from, right? They they were the absolute garbage team in the NFL, and now they're, I mean, they're ranked number eight. And we'll see, we'll see what Baker does. Is this the year that they finally, like, make headway and, and push it? through the playoffs and, and make, uh, make some noise in the postseason. Uh, we shall see number nine, Dennis from Ohio, San Francisco 49ers. You have three NFC West teams in the top 10 power rankings at NFL.com. That's pretty cool. Only one missing is the Cardinals and that's okay. Um, the drama in San Francisco, of course, is still the quarterback drama. Uh, who knows what's going on with that? Uh, Dennis knows he knows everything. Um, but I think they seem excited about the dual quarterback thing. And, and I mean, I don't know. They're, the NFC West is going to be the division to beat. I think. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be monstrous. And number 10, round out the top 10, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Roethlisberger, isn't he like 65 years old now? Weighing 400 pounds, right? 
not true. Uh, he is 39 years old, and uh, I thought he'd be done. I thought for sure he was absolutely done. And so um, we shall see. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have put them up at 10, but I don't make these rankings. How about them apples? So, um, And then right outside of that, just real quick, 11 is the Titans, 12 is the Chargers, and 13 is the Patriots. So that's the NFL.com. Real quick, jump over to CBS, see if there's any difference whatsoever in what they have in their, their uh, power rankings. Number one, Buccaneers. Shocking. Bills, two, three, Chiefs. So they flip-flop those. They have the Bills, two, and they have the Chiefs, third, again, a lot of those teams up there besides the Buccaneers, very interchangeable because they have the Packers four. So here's a huge difference with CBS. My Seahawks, nowhere to be seen in this top 10. Nowhere to be seen. In fact, I have to scroll all the way down to 18. That's six spots down from where they were uh, the previous power rankings. So uh, they're not even in the top 10 for CBS Sports. So uh, again, Buccaneers, Bills, Chiefs, Packers are four, Browns five, Niners, Dennis from Ohio, Niners, the sixth spot, and then Ravens, Rams, Cardinals, and Titans. So there's still three NFC West teams in their top 10. However, uh, a little different. It's Niners, Rams, Cardinals. Uh, they say that they've added some nice veteran pieces like J.J. Watt and A.J. Green. Um, basically saying it's time for them to make a push. So we'll talk about the Cardinals a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it is absolutely time for them to make a push and it's like, it's do or die for them. Titans number 10 to round out their top 10 Patriots, Colts, Washington football team at 13 and the Dallas Cowboys at number 14. So that's special. I wonder how many Cowboys fans I have left that listen to the show. I'm not going to alienate you guys. I love you all very, very much. You've helped make me, well, I mean, not successful, <laughs> but you've helped keep this fun because you give me listeners. So I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, but I still hate the Cowboys. And then uh, the ESPNs was 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 cool. So they did their their power rankings for week one, but they also decided to add a little fun little fact fact. Uh, they predicted that who is going to be on the hot seat. And normally when you put hot seat, you assume coach, but no players, coaches, um, general managers, basically they, all three of them can be in the hot seat because obviously if you're in the top, you know, 10, you probably don't have a coach on the hot seat, but you definitely could have some players. So here's what they did. Uh, they did Kansas city chiefs. Number one. Um, that's cool. Uh, not so, I mean, Again, Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl if they have an offensive line and Mahomes can do what he needs to do. Um, their hot seat player is wide receiver. Um, how do you say that name? Mikol, 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 Hardman. Man, I don't know how to say that. Mikol. Um, he's in the hot the hot seat apparently. Buccaneers number two. Um, quarterback Ryan Griffin is on the hot seat. Why? Because you're not going to play the third best quarterback on a team or rep hierarchy. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady's going to play till the end of time. So Bill's third Packers fifth person on the hot seat quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Really? <laughs> no way. 
Uh, five, they have the Rams at five, uh, Ravens at six. They've got the Browns with Odell Beckham Jr. on the hot seat at seven. They've got my Seattle Seahawks at eight. Person on the hot seat, I 100% agree with this. It is running back Rashad Penny. I was shocked that he made the roster. I didn't, I, I thought that maybe they would go and finally just say, we're going to go in a different direction, but they didn't. So, what we do know is that they will absolutely say, hey, this is it for you. Like, we're not going to pick up the option. We're not going to sign you to an extension. We're not going to do any of that. You've been uh, kind of a disappointment. They already picked, that's right. They declined to pick up his fifth year option. That's what they did. So we're not going to sign you to an extension. We're not going to do any of that if you don't go out there and, and perform like you're a first round draft pick. They picked him number 27 overall in 2018. And He's been hurt or just not good. He's shown flashes, but he's been disappointing. And especially when you got a guy like Carson who can't stay healthy, who's much better than him, uh, you know, it's disappointing. So uh, we shall see. We shall see. It is absolutely uh, his year. It's, it is do or die for him if he wants to remain in Seattle. Uh, they have Titans at nine and the San Francisco 49ers at 10. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on the hot seat there as well. The thing is, is Jimmy Garoppolo will not be the quarterback in San Francisco past, I say, week, what, four or five? The dude's going to get traded. That's what's going to happen. He's he, he makes too much money to be a backup, and if Trey Lance goes out there and outperforms him, what do you, you can't, you can't continue the dual quarterback thing. So you're going to end up having to trade Garoppolo. That's what you have to do. So this, that hot seat, that's a joke. Uh, Steelers 11, Cowboys 12, and Arizona Cardinals. And Coach Cliff Kingsbury, which is also 100% correct, this is the year. They have to do well or, or he's in trouble, um, especially with what he got in there and what they did with the draft and immediately, you know, rosen out. and Yeah. So um, those are your power rankings. Just wanted to go through them real quick because they're fun. I always enjoy power rankings. So – Let's uh, let's take a quick zoom around the NFC West. Let me tell you real quick too before we do this. So this is not going to be much. I don't content. And you're probably getting pissed off about that because I, as I said at the beginning of this when I re- resurrected the show, was hey, we're going to be a, a an NFL podcast that focuses on the NFC West and then really focuses hard on my Seattle Seahawks, right? And really and honestly, this has become more of a just a Seattle Seahawks podcast. But I don't necessarily want that. I want there to be more NFC West content because I think that it's fun to know about the teams that directly affect most of your playoff ability, right? Because, of course, you can get the wild card and all that. But really and honestly, you play the most games against your own division, and you can manipulate how your season goes by playing well against your own division. And the rivalries are fun, and they are playing in a division that is the NFC West that happens to be one of the best in football when you look at it as a whole. Um, And they're complete opposite of the East, when you look at that division as a whole. So what I want to do, and here's the plan. You're gonna go, I'm going to go through this real quick, and again, it's going to be nothing. You're going to be like, God damn, he's supposed to be focusing on the NFC West, but he has no information about any of the other teams whatsoever, except for maybe what Dennis throws out there from uh, for the Niners. And you're right, but I have a busy life, and um, I'm doing a full-time job, and doing this podcast is once a week, and it's really hard to follow uh, four teams. It's not not easy to do. So my plan is my, I'm going to find um, 
hopefully fellow podcasters. I'm, I'm going to dive into each of those markets. It's not going to happen right away. Maybe by week four, I'll have it all figured out, which is great because by week four, it's we're for that first quarter and we kind of know what the teams are. But I'm going to find some people that I can pull in that are willing to do it that are regulars. I have a couple that I've talked to that I'm kind of feeling around. Hopefully, they, they commit that I can have on uh, once a week for the podcast and just talk to them about their team and their games and what they expect. So they can be the expert. I can ask the questions and it sounds so much better when you have somebody from the, you know, that lives and breathes Arizona Cardinals talking about the Cardinals rather than someone like me who just knows that they're a team that plays in Arizona, that the Seahawks play twice a year and uh, they're Kyler Murray's their quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's my plan. Um, if Dennis from Ohio was willing to do it for the Niners, um, great. I know that he also has a busy life, and that may not work for him. And if it doesn't, that's cool. Um, I can find somebody in the in Niner Nation down there in Santa Clara that uh, that can help me out. So, you know, I'll, I'll I'll get it done, and then we'll be what I want it to be, which is a good uh, zoom around the NFC West with like ten minutes tops from each from each person you know and then i can move into my seahawk stuff so real quickly i'm just going to run through the games that we're going to see from the nfc west so cardinals are at the titans we talked about how uh this is a is a big deal for cliff kingsbury he has got to show that his plan for this team is moving in the right direction I think they have the right quarterback in Kyler Murray. I think he is. I think he's a talented, talented QB. Even though he's so sh- he's super short, the, I mean he, he's he's good. But Kingsbury came in there and they changed all this stuff up. And if you want to talk about a coach that's probably on the hot seat, it's definitely him. So they got to start strong. They can't. They can't. They can't go um, losing right out of the gate and and immediately. Uh, looking bad so especially because again they're playing in a division that is the best in football that's just my honest opinion so they're at the titans the los angeles rams are at home with the bears da bears uh, they're the sunday night football game which will be super fun to watch uh again they'll I'll see i'll be able to watch a game take some notes have some stuff to say next week about the rams again another intriguing storyline new quarterback um some new faces on the team what are we going to see offense-wise um, from Sean McVay? Is we are, are we going to see what he, what he what his vision really is? He wasn't getting what he wanted from Goff. So is is Stafford the guy? I mean, Stafford put up great numbers and was wasted up there in Detroit, wasted. But is it going to translate to a young uh, McVay offense? I don't know. We shall see. Um, I will be absolutely watching that game and uh, seeing what happens. So, and then the San Francisco 49ers, Dennis's Niners are in Detroit. I believe he's actually going to that game because he lives over there uh, close enough to it where he can get down there and do that. And um, that's a Sunday morning game. Um, <laughs> same storyline flipped. So, you know, you got, you got, uh, you got a new quarterback situation up there and will it make a difference the the difference there is that Stafford was good they just didn't build around him so now you're gonna have that same problem but with Jared Goff 
Or is Jared Goff going to flourish because he gets out of the, the McVeigh world where maybe he just wasn't flourishing or maybe they didn't get along? I don't know. We shall see. And then, of course, you have on the other side of the ball, you have the Niners drama and their quarterback, which we keep talking about over and over again until we can, you know, throw up about it. Because, yeah, I expect, you know, the Niners were, what, 6-10 and 10 last year? They didn't have a great year. But they had injuries like you wouldn't believe. So I expect them to have a much better season. Much better. And But they have to solve the quarterback thing. They cannot – they the two-quarterback thing will not work. They have to make a choice there. We, we know what they're going to choose. So uh, that's our Zoom around the NFC West for week one. Again, I apologize that it's not more in-depth. Um, or maybe you don't care. I don't know. But um, I have plans for it. I'm piecing this thing together every week trying to and just making it work. And um, I'm just happy to be able to sit down in front of a microphone and, and put out some content for you guys. So um, that's what I'm doing. And I promise that it will get, uh, get better. We're going to jump right into, as we keep rolling along here, as I try to make this as short as humanly possible, uh, the Seattle Seahawks week one. What I wanted to do is something a little bit different that I haven't done in the past, um, but treat this more like a radio show kind of. I'm going to play for you because it's only 10 minutes long. I'm going to play and kind of like talk over, respond, and then I have uh, some follow-up things from it because, of course, I've already listened, but maybe you haven't. Uh, Pete Carroll's press conference that he did um, for for week one. And he'll do another one when tomorrow. Well, today, when you get this, um, that might be even more in-depth about the game itself. But, you know, we need to hear from Pete. We need to hear what's going on. And, and, he, and there's some things that happened this week uh, leading up to this week that uh, I want to address. I'm going to apologize because it's hard to hear um the questions in the background and what's getting asked to him um so if you don't necessarily understand what got asked um please jump over to seahawks.com and check out press conferences the seahawks do one of the best jobs in the nfl with their website when it comes to actual content they put on there not every team puts the radio highlights on there um seahawks always do and um yeah, so uh, hopefully this works. Uh, let's see, we're going to press this little button here and press this button, and we'll listen to Pete Carroll, uh, courtesy of Seahawks.com. Just feeling the season around the corner now and, and uh, all the work that we put in to get to this point, and then, you know, it's just this really feels like the start day. And, and uh, so, as always, you know, life has lots of new beginnings and restarts, and this is one of them, and, and uh, we're, guys are pumped up about it. Feeling good, too, because we come in pretty healthy and for the most part and uh, ready to put forth a you know, really good effort on the game plan and, and go in a very, very difficult situation against a really good team and, and see if we can get, get it with a win. We saw Dwayne Brown out here. What can you tell us about that? You saw Dwayne? We saw Dwayne, yeah. Yeah, um, well, he's ready to go. He's ready to go, and uh, we're pleased to have him. Um, in, in all in all in the camp that uh, he was able to put forth, he did all the learning. He's really healthy. He's really healthy right now, and, and uh, I'm really uh, thrilled about that for him. And uh, was one of the things we realized you know, about the process of it, that we, we would not wear him down at all during camp, and, and uh, like any player. And so he's, he's got fresh legs coming. He, uh, he wants to play tight end. So We'll talk about Dwayne Brown. probably won't get that chance, but he's asking. So he's good to go for Sunday? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is Tyler Avery getting promoted back to the roster? 
Asking about Colby no, Parkinson. He won't make it this week. Where's your team at, uh, vaccination? Um, we have uh, we've been at one guy the whole time um, during the process, and so we've had great participation. There's a you know there's everybody's got their stories, and and uh, um, I've been really pleased with everybody's contribution, and all that. So we've had a ton of guys that have made it. The other way I look at it, like everybody but a couple. So you still just have one guy or two guys or? We're at two right now. I don't mind telling you. Yes. Yeah, really overwhelmingly the guys uh, chose uh, Russell on offense and Bobby on defense and uh, Nick Ballour on special teams. Asking about uh, team captains and who got picked. Uh, they let the team choose, of course. And they made the right choices, I believe. Uh, those are the right guys. That's really loud. Yeah, they, I apologize. they really stood for consistency and in, in, on the highest level, um, and not just you know that they make a lot of tackles, they make throw a lot of touchdown passes. It's in everything that they bring and do and what they represent. Uh, they're they're really uh, the real deal, and uh, they're the leaders chosen for a number of years. But yet they're the reason, uh, the, the leaders chosen for a lot of great reasons too. And these guys believe in them, and they look up to them, and they count on them. Um, they count on their word, and uh, and they trust the heck out of them. And uh, we're very, very fortunate to have him. Nick Ballore has just been a, a fantastic guy to, to step into this role a year ago. And, and, you know, the guys really look to him, too. So we've got real wisdom in, in our leadership. And, and uh, it's really all you can hope for. KJ, right? Signed with the Raiders this weekend. Now that kind of he's moved on, what's Yeah, KJ Wright has been an incredible Seahawk and, uh, and been an uh, incredible man in, the, in this community as well um, there's there's there aren't enough words to talk about the kind of person that he is the great competitor that he is um, the wonderful contributor he's been to the program for 10 years you know and and uh, we had a blast together I, I love KJ and and uh, you know we fortunately were able to 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 the process we stayed together on it and talked through it and and uh, and uh, you know he, he as he made his decision this was a good choice for him at this time and and uh, so he jumped at it um, but I mean, KJ will always be, you know. I mean, he, I don't know how long he can play there, but he'll always be a Seahawk. Why didn't it work for a fellow with him? Just didn't, you know, uh, this time around, and, and uh, another club wanted him, and, and uh, so we had the competition that we had coming up and coming in. Uh, we were excited about and thought that would be the best way to go. You guys brought in uh, Jake Luton last week. Uh, what did you guys see about him? It sounds like you. Talked to them uh, fairly extensively going through the draft process last year. He said he had a yeah. yeah, our coaches really liked him and, and uh, the arm strength, um, uh, the competitiveness, the smarts, um, playmaking. You know, he's he's a he's a really good talent, and so we're excited to see how he does. Um, you know, when Sean Mannion was here, he showed us a lot of stuff. You know, and, and uh, in that in a similar style, and so um, you know, it's kind of a natural force to go this way. We got really good guys, and we're co really competitive, and and we uh, uh, we've got fast guys and and, and guys with experience. I mean, Sydney's a really good football player, and we've known about him for a long time, and excited about him. John Reed has done a really nice job. He plays really fast and has competed like crazy out here, um, and it has uh, the ability to to play multiple spots. Um, and so it, it you know we're excited to see these guys go out and battle and 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 fight for their spots. Your time. 
I was gonna uh, uh, with Colby. Are you worried about that this could be a long-term thing with him at all? If you know it, have any more? No, he's on his way back. He just isn't gonna make it yet. He's, he's um, you know, it's a, it's a foot injury that, that you just have to, you know, you just gotta kind of work your way back at it, and not overdo it, and make sure we. we don't mess more up information came so out that we'll like talk about here in a little bit on on Colby Parkinson. Here that we can get a couple weeks to get him ready. That'll, that'll be really important, so that when we get him back, he'll stay back. Um, He's, he runs every day. He's working hard at it, but he's, he's not up to full speed yet. It's, it's really his competitiveness, just his talent athletically. He's, he's an extremely uh, ferocious competitor. Um, he's got natural talent as far as catching the ball and, and, and all hand-eye stuff is excellent. Uh, catching range is excellent. Um, he's got a million things to learn, and but we thought we'd take a shot and see if, see how he goes and and uh, see if he's able to pick it up. He's going to have to you know pick things up quickly because otherwise he'll, he'll he won't catch up. So um, we'll give him you know benefit of the doubt right now, and it's is as new as they can get. You know, I, I probably should call that eighth grade coach and just check out see what he thought of him. You know, but I probably won't be able to track him down. Yeah, he, he's a good ball player and, and looks very comfortable doing it. That's not the reason. Uh, you know, there's other guys, you know, and, and uh, that have come along over the years. And, but um, just he's a very special al athlete and talent. And w let's see if this, if you know, if he can make sense of it and, and uh, you, know, you know, put some of the skills that he's br brought from his other game and from his other com competition and, uh, and put it, you know, to work here. Did Marquise win the nickel job back or did Ugo hold on to it? Uh, you'll have to wait and see. Ugo's done a great job, really. Ugo's done a fantastic job in, in, at this point and, and only did better than he had done in, in the year past. Came back very experienced. Uh, Marquise is really just totally on the rise. Uh, you know, I think he, he might have gotten 17 plays or something, I think it was, in, in preseason. So it's not a lot. You know? So uh, he's working his way back into it, and he ain't happy with not playing. He wants to get out there, and he's going to fight like crazy. And, and Oog's going to do everything he can to not let him take the job. So it's a very competitive spot, and we're in great shape there. Not necessarily. Good question. Um, yeah, that's like that's like a lot of guys on this on this roster that we would like to you know find their their playtime and the rotation so that they can contribute because they deserve it. They've worked really hard to get it, and and the, the talent and the skill is is so close that you know we love guys to be able to uh, you know to to play and you know, just make us stronger down the road if we can pull that off. You better sense of Trey Brown when he might be back, or um, it's going to be a bit for him too. We got to make sure that you know again he's got a couple things we're working on, but. Uh, None of them are debilitating. None of them so serious. It, we, it's just going to take some time, so it's going to be a couple weeks. With so many uh, new guys coming in at cornerback, what's your biggest concern going into game week in terms of their readiness? Um, my concern would be in terms of their readiness. <laughs> exactly like you said, make sure that you know our guys know what's going on. Sydney's been here all, all for a week already, so he's been working at it. Um, he's familiar with us and style and and technically how we coach guys. You know, his coaches at, at, at the Dub took care of him in great fashion. Um, he's a really bright kid, too, you know, as is John Reed. We just noticed these guys just pick stuff up really quickly. The cornerback spot um, can – it depends. If, if we if we try to make him into something different than what they are, then they, they might struggle. But these guys are not uh, – we don't ask them to do that. We ask them to play in the, in the mentality and the mold that they, that they bring and then tweak from there. And uh, that's always been the way we've done it. 
Um, that's why you know corners come in all different sizes and shapes and styles and all of that. And and I think that's one of our strengths. So we we're able to see that and and and, and coach to it. Um, so I think the process, like John Reed just jumped in. He, he did fine. It took him a couple of days, and he was comfortable and was on the field, you know, and, and uh, I think Sydney will do the same thing. Back at practice today, going full speed. Great to see him. Um, we're, we're really ready to play football right now. That's, that's where we are. And uh, everything that needed to be taken care of is taken care of, and away we go. And speaking of Dwayne Brown, where are you at the comfort level with that and keeping focused as well as competing full well? Yeah, well, that's, you know, I, I think I've probably addressed it a bunch about that Fuller and, and Posick were going at it this camp. Um, unfortunately for Ethan, he just he missed a bunch of time, you know, and didn't get a chance to really put it out there. But he, he played a ton last year and did a nice job last season. So we have that un understanding also, you know. So both those guys deserve to play, and hopefully they'll both have a chance. All right, so <clears throat> uh, Pete Carroll, VSCHawks.com. Again, apologize for the audio quality. They're outside doing um, the press conferences. It was super windy. I tried to level up and down as the questions were being asked, but the wind was interfering. So if that blasts your eardrums, I, uh, I really apologize. So uh, he did go over a couple of things that that was on. That was yesterday, or when you're listening to this, two days ago. That was Monday. Um, so... One of the things he talked about was Dwayne Brown was back at practice. Both him and Quandre Diggs were back at practice, uh, ending their hold-ins. Um, the, the bigger news that came out today, this morning actually, is that the uh, Seahawks and Dwayne Brown agreed to a reworked final year of his deal that pays a $7 million signing bonus and $4 million in salary. So um, he was scheduled to make $10 million in base salary, another a million available per game uh, in per game roster bonuses. So they just reworked it, tweaked it, give him a, a signing bonus. This is an unheard of in the NFL when it comes to reworking contracts. So, uh, excuse me. He also received an injury protection benefit for 2022. It can still make up to 500,000 incentives this season that are tied to playing time, Pro Bowl. Uh, all of this was via Adam Schefter on ESPN. Um, and then, of course, with another game check for the 17th game, Brown can make up to, this is the grand total, he can make up to $12.1 million in 2021. So uh, basically the Seahawks added a voidable year to his contract for salary cap purposes, and uh, this reduces the 2021 cap number by $3.5 million. Um, and then he's still scheduled to become a free agent after this season. So he, you know, he doesn't get into extension. Um, but he gets upfront money and gets some protection for 2022 uh, when it comes to injury. And because that's what a lot of these guys worry about is that if they don't get an extension and they're in the final year of their deal, if they get hurt, they're screwed, which I completely understand. Even for uh, you know players like this that are making millions of dollars, it's hard to have empathy for them. But at the end of the day, this is their livelihood, whether it's you know, millions of dollars versus, you know, not millions of dollars like I make. So um, it, it's a big deal. So like that, have not heard anything about the uh, 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 any update on the Quandary Diggs, uh, what's going on there. Um, but it is a big deal to have them both back, practice, 
ready to go and play. I did want to touch real quick. KJ Wright, he, he talked about it a little bit and how big uh, KJ was for the team. He had an amazing season last year, but the big thing with KJ is what he did in his community. The guy was just loved. Um, he, he was fantastic. And I was really – I was one of the people that was super hoping that there was going to be a way that he would resign. Um, but, unfortunately, it sounds like it didn't work out. Um, and he has signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he was asked, <laughs> he was asked Monday if, um, he still had the same hunger and desire he did when he first entered the NFL, right? Shot back with, come on now, uh, uh, this off season, I've been pissed off all off season. I've been very, very angry. Um, I've been at peace, but I've been mad at the same time. If that makes sense. I had a lot of people doubting me in this off season. And I'm, I'm still keeping it going. I'm thankful to be here. But that burning desire is on 100 right now. So, um, God, I'm going to miss having him here. I, I still think that, that they screwed that up by not re-signing him. Um, it, uh, he went on to say it was tough leaving. Um, that was literally my home. It was tough saying goodbye to everybody, making their phone calls. But it's part of it. Those relationships will forever stay. My tenure there was amazing. Had a great time. Talked to Pete before I left, and no matter what, didn't bring me back, but it's all love. We had a decade together, uh, and that's very rare. Uh, so I was appreciative of every moment I had there. So Seahawks posted a, a, a tribute on Monday on social media. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. Um, again, football clips, but the guy was outstanding in the community, and um, Vegas will find that out. So, And then the last thing I wanted to follow up on, we'll talk about the roster here in a second, but this has to do with the roster. Pete talks about it a little bit, and he he's trying to sugarcoat it and make it sound like it's not as bad as it is. Guys, the secondary, especially the cornerback position, is still scaring the crap out of me. It just, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think that the, we are in deep trouble. I mean, they, they <laughs> since the last episode last week, they, uh, you know, we talked about how they, they made a trade with Jacksonville for Sidney Jones, and we don't know how that's going to play out. We don't know how he's going to go, how he's going to do. Um, but they, they claimed uh, Nigel Warrior off of, off of waivers. That's a cornerback. Um, they traded Witherspoon, cornerback, to Pittsburgh for a, a fifth-round draft choice in 2023. Um. And then today, they placed cornerback Trey Brown and cornerback Nigel Warrior on injured reserve. So they have to be out at least three games. So uh, they did put John Reed on the uh, – or they pulled him up from the practice squad. And then they signed uh, Blession Austin, not a cornerback. It just feels like and, – and they put Gavin uh, Heslop, signed him to the practice squad cornerbacks all over the place and it just feels like they even they aren't comfortable with what they have and honestly if you're putting trey flowers back there i mean i, I don't blame him I, I don't he i was so hoping that trey flowers was going to be was going to be great and he's not he makes too many mistakes he's he's confused too often on on the route he gets the the receivers can toy with him very easily uh, maybe he proves us all wrong but i i don't i, I would be scared to death uh, about what the yardage that secondary is going to give up on in the safety position with Blair healthy and all that. Yes, you have some stability back there and some help, but 
at the end of the day, it's mostly your your corners covering those receivers, and then of course the crappy defensive scheme they have. They'll throw a linebacker back there. Um, I, I just we talked about it. Their their hope is that with the improved pass rush, that they're going to be able to, um, you know, hold the the actual passing against them down. Because they're going to be putting so much pressure on the quarterback and getting so many sacks that he's not going to, no matter what quarterback it is, they're not going to be able to get off a good throw. And that's going to help. And I mean, that could be true. But more often than not, we have seen that secondary last season just get ripped apart. Did they improve in the second half? You bet. But I. I hope that I come out of, of Sunday's game going, all right, I'm okay. I feel better now. I don't think I will, but I hope that I am because good Lord. Um, okay, so we talked we talked in the last episode too about how we got the official 53-man roster, right? It was the initial one because, of course, between then and now, we've had um, nothing but changes. So here's what happened. Um they released guard Phil Haynes, which was a surprise, uh, and quarterback Sean Mannion, not a surprise. Um, they claimed center uh, Dakota Shepley and then Nigel Warrior off of waivers. Nig- uh, Warrior has since gone to the IR. Uh, they signed a defensive. T- the, here's here's practice squad. This is what they signed. This was initially. This was on the 1st of September. Uh, defensive tackle Miles Adams, linebacker Aaron Donker, Guard, uh, Greg Elland, wide receiver Aaron Fuller, wide receiver Penny Hart, which was great because Penny Hart getting released was like a what the, f-, you know? Uh, defensive tackle Jared Hewitt, wide receiver Kay Johnson, running back Josh Johnson, uh, guard Pierre Olivier. <laughs> Is this a French guy? Lestage. <laughs> uh, tight end Tyler Marbury, um, uh, cornerback John Reed, and linebacker John, I can't say all these names, Radigan, and wide receiver Cordy Thompson. All that was the practice squad on the first. Um, they put their tackle Cedric. Why can't I say names today? Um, I'm not even gonna try it. They put him on <laughs> injured reserve. They they brought you heard Pete talk about Jake Lutton, the quarterback, brought him in. Um, they signed um cornerback Michael uh, Michael Jackson. I didn't know he was a cornerback. Weird. And uh, Mark Vital to the practice squad. Then uh, on the third, they traded Witherspoon cornerback uh, Witherspoon to the Pittsburgh Steelers for the the draft choice. And then they signed Phil Haynes back to the practice squad. So, again, parts moving all over the place. You know, never ends. Um, and then uh, guard Jordan Simmons, practice squad. That was, on, that was on Monday. And then today, we talked about two of these. That's why I said we talk about Colby Parkinson here soon. Pete made it sound like well, he won't be ready for this week. But he's on his way back. Well, um, it's going to be a, a few more weeks because they placed uh, co- tight end Colby Parkinson which is just a real bummer because we were really hoping that we were going to get to see Colby Parkinson, right? Um, cornerback Trey Brown and then cornerback Nigel Warrior, all those guys on injury reserve. Uh, so they got to miss. They got to. Uh, they got to miss at least three games uh, before they can even come back. And then in doing so, they pulled up um, Penny Hart and cornerback John Reed from the practice squad. They got put on the fifty-three man, and um, they released uh, Mark Vital from the practice squad. And then they signed uh, cornerback Gavin Haslip to the practice squad. So moves all over the place. Uh, Penny Hart coming up is huge because that puts all of a sudden instead of those. Remember we talked about four 
wide receivers and we were all like huh why now they got five um so that's big and i'll take it so will they make any more moves tomorrow or today as you're listening to this maybe but for right now um i mean that we're sitting where we're sitting and we're running into week one not much they can do so um i'm okay with it i mean it is what it is i i they screwed up with the with the secondary and 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 they're just gonna have to live with it and we're gonna have to live with it as fans so but it's everyone's nervous at least the guys i follow nervous very very nervous so speaking of week one what are the seahawks gonna do well they're going to indianapolis they're gonna play the colts uh 10 a.m game on sunday key to the seahawks winning this game in my opinion well let's see um hmm i think it comes down to one which russell wilson are we going to see and that is dependent on what the shane waldron offense looks like and that is dependent on what pete carroll lets this offense look like pete's run first um it sounds like they're going to get creative and they've got some new stuff coming um i i firmly believe there's not a chance in hell that they let so you know the quote-unquote let russ cook i don't think we see that offense again i just don't unless it's a certain situation that calls for it i think you're probably going to see a much more balanced uh offense and pete's never going to give up control so no matter what he says or whoever says um it may be you know shane waldron's offense but pete's behind the scenes saying well you can do that and you can't do that so um i think it really depends on on what offense we see we have no idea we got a little bit of, of, of a peak in preseason, but they aren't going to show anything worth a shit. Excuse my language. Um, so it depends on the offense. If they're able to run the ball and do what they want to do, because we know that that's what Pete wants. Run the ball to open everything up to then let Russell do his thing when it's needed. That being said, the other key is on the other side of the ball, and you've got to keep the the Colts in check as they try and just they're absolutely going to try and just throw it down the field on them that's what they're going to try and do they, everyone knows the secondary on the corners is going to be the weakness so you're absolutely going to do nothing but chuck that ball down the field and try and do it so you're going to see a lot of the famous Seahawks bend but don't break defense that's what you're going to see and hopefully you get a lot of field goals kicked by Indianapolis and not a lot of touchdowns and, and the Seahawks are going to have to score some points. I think that that defense is going to be – they're probably going to – you know, they're going to create some pressure. But at the end of the day, um, if you're if – you're, if, if the offensive plan from the Colts is to come out and throw a lot of quick stuff and expose the weakness on the, on the, on the corners, I mean, there's going to be a lot of yards. It's going to be that's, – that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of yards. So um, – and what's sad about that is we're talking about a lot of yards and it's not even going to be there. Like there it's not Carson Wentz isn't going to play. I would be shocked if they named him the starter. They're pissed at him for the COVID thing for the vaccine They're You know, he was hurt. He's back now. He's off the list, but um, the, the, the GM said there'll be, you know, there, if the, you don't get a vaccine, there's going to be punishment, blah, blah, blah. So you got what Jacob Eason, so you would think, oh, well, they're going to have the backup in. This will be an easy game. It doesn't matter. We've watched backups just destroy the Seahawks defense. Destroy it. So it doesn't matter if it's Jacob Eason or if it's Carson Wentz. It doesn't matter. Um, 
we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see a, a, a performance um, from whoever's the quarterback that's going to be pretty good. So Seahawks going to have to do their thing on the on their side of the ball and, and score more points. Because, again, the key to winning a football game, I found out, is the team that scores the most points wins. Shocking, right? I know. You can't believe it. The team that scores the most points wins. So the Seahawks are just going to have to score more points, and that's going to be the key to winning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, I my bold prediction for the game: this is going to piss some people off because you got Russell Wilson lovers all over the place. Just think he is God's gift to the quarterback position, and he is nothing but overrated. So, what well, the big question I had uh, over the last couple of weeks has been: what Russell Wilson are we going to see in general? Right? We got a new offense to go through and all that stuff. That's fine, but are we going to see the first half of 2020 Russell Wilson or are we going to see the last half of 2020 Russell Wilson? Because if we see the last half of 2020 Russell Wilson, good grief, that's going to be ugly. I don't think that's what we're going to see. They're not going to let him cook, I don't think. So you'll probably see a more controlled, um, you know, I don't want to say relaxed, but you'll see a more down-to-earth Russell, right? The, he's one of the best deep, throwers in the game so they're not going to pull that out of out of the plan because nobody does it better than him and he's got two targets in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf that help him become the best in the game at that so you'll see that here and there but what you won't see this is my bold prediction you ready in week one Russell Wilson will throw zero touchdown passes I said it I said it go ahead yell at me go ahead I can I can hear it through even though this isn't even posted yet i can feel the the hate and the anger let it flow through you yes uh, he's not going to throw any touchdown passes it's just not going to happen i think they're going to get down if they if they get down near the goal line it's going to be running the ball and you'll get carson will score uh maybe penny will score one of the running backs will be scoring the touchdowns um or there'll be a lot of field goals kicked and, and Jason Myers becomes your MVP for the game. But I am predicting, I know, and I, I, again, when I say something like this, God, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. But I don't think he throws a single touchdown pass in week one. I know. I know. Crazy, right? Uh, okay, so I know I said two episodes ago that the mailbag would be back the next week and then I didn't do it. And then that last episode I said, Oh yeah, well for sure the, the mailbag will be back next week. Well, with everything I had to cover in this episode, I knew it was going to going to happen. I didn't think this was the week for it. So here's what's going to happen. Monday, um, right after the final, uh, scores posted in the Monday night football game, I will post the first link to mailbag. And so, any questions or topics you want me to discuss that next week, um, feel free to throw it on there. So it will absolutely 100% be back for sure next week. I promise. So um, what is back this week, which has been here since I kicked everything back off, of course, is my buddy Dennis from Ohio. And his question of the week for week one of the NFL season and uh and without further ado dennis uh what do you got buddy Woo! what's up everybody it's dennis from ohio here with my weekly question to start off week one of the nfl super excited for this week as finally got my tickets to take my daughter emerson and i to go sit 
and watch the 49ers hopefully beat the Lions this week. Um, but Brian McLaughlin, my question for you is, um, so the Niners just signed Josh Norman uh, as depth as their cornerback, which leads me to believe that they could have signed Richard Sherman, but due to obviously his recent issues, um, we haven't heard a whole lot about him or heard from him. Do you think Richard Sherman will ever play in the NFL again? I mean, it's just sad to see some of these players that have so much talent that without football, they just seem to have issues. I know this is his first instance, but, I mean, it sounded pretty horrible. But you got guys like Alden Smith who just can't stay out of trouble. you got guys like Josh Gordon that can't stop smoking the weed. I mean, is the NFL doing everything they can to help these guys while they're in the offseason to keep them out of trouble? Or I know they're adults, but it seems like when they don't have sports, which is all that they know, they – try to find other stuff to do and sometimes it's not always the right answer um, but I guess just going back to my original question do you think Richard Sherman will ever play in the NFL again um, or is that just a done deal due to age and obviously this off the field incident where basically he got to the point where he was almost about to commit suicide which is horrible um, I know it's kind of a downer question but just curious as to your thoughts on that look forward to your answer look forward to week one of the NFL and as always, this is Dennis from Ohio, and go Niners. Yeah, so that's a huge downer of a question there, Dennis. Good, good Lord. Um, no, that's a good one, though. Uh, Richard Sherman, that's a that's a tough one because um, I always like Richard. And because he was one of those players that he talked a lot of smack, just a lot. But he backed it up. And... I mean, you can't, he was part of the original Legion of Boom up in Seattle. It's a big deal. Um, was I shocked at what happened? Uh, you bet. That did not, I mean, I don't know him personally, and obviously uh, I'm just a fan, but we got to watch him play up here for a while, and we got to watch you know him outside of football and in interviews and, and all sorts of stuff, and, and it, it just seems so out of character for what we think Richard, who we think Richard Sherman is, right? But like, we don't actually know these people, you know, unless we're privileged enough to actually be their friend or, you know, be in close contact all the time or know them. We don't actually know them. So we have no idea what inner demons uh, Richard Sherman is working with, right? We don't, we don't know. And it sounds like he's definitely got a few. Um, I I thought there was a, a slight chance that he might end up back in Seattle. And honestly, with their cornerback situation right now, um, had this um, little incident that he's gone through now, if it hadn't occurred, it's quite possible he is on the Seahawks roster. Um, I also thought there was a good chance that he would re-sign in San Francisco. And obviously, bringing in, I mean, <laughs> bringing in Norman is like, well, he's got his own issues, like Dennis said. So, I mean, they're looking for help there, apparently. Um, but I think until the legal stuff on, on Richard Sherman's end is figured out, I don't think he has a single shot to play unless the team gets super, super desperate. Once it's all figured out and, you know, whatever's going to happen happens if he's still available. Um, I don't. I could see a desperate team who really needs help, and he if he's willing to do it, I could see him jumping out and signing him uh, later in the season. Maybe will he ever play for the Seahawks again? No, I don't. I don't think there's a chance. Um, 
same with the Niners. I, I think he's done up here. And 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 probably honestly, if you're really looking at it, I, I don't. I, he's probably done overall. I think, like I said, I think it would take a desperate team, and then it would take it would take a course. Uh, whatever legal stuff is coming his way, it would take uh, resolution there for that for a team to really take a chance. Which is a bummer because even at his age, he's still got some left. I think. Um, and and if anything, he's even though he's mouthy. He seems like he's a good locker room dude, and he's and he's a good he's a good teammate. So, um, yeah, it's a real bummer. And so it, I remember when that news came out, it was just shocking because it's just not something that you that you see, um, or think you would see from from a player like that. But again, the hard part is we don't actually know these people. We don't know them. They're they're out there entertaining us. We don't know them. So. Thanks, Dennis, as always, for your question of the week. Um, and mailbag next week for all you out listeners out there that want to join the party. So I, again, apologize that it hasn't been out there, but uh, you get your chance to participate next week. Woohoo! So, all right. <clears throat> I have to do it. I know it's cheesy, and every radio show out there does it, uh, you know, but it's the first part of the season, first week, Den- uh excuse me, Andrew and I used would do this every year. Uh, I'm going to do it by myself and because I like to pick things and it's fun, but winners part one for this week is I'm going to pick the division winners, wild card, super Bowl matchup, super Bowl winner. I have a sneaky snake team and at least I thought I did. I, I may be changing my mind on, on what team. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe, maybe mm. we'll see. We'll see. Might surprise you who my sneaky snake team is. Might surprise you. Uh, all right, so let's 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 just jump right in. Let's look at divisions. We're gonna start in the AFC, the AFC East. Uh, <clears throat> I still I I think you're gonna see an improved New England team. Uh, they got their quarterback. They've it's it's still a Bill Belichick coach team. They can make a run, but I think at the end of the day, that division is absolutely gonna go to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, teams like Miami and the Patriots will probably, uh, you know, vie for that, the wild card spots. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely going to, um, the bills for sure. In the North AFC North, this is a tough one. Um, is it, is it the Browns time? Um, are the Ravens going to be there? The Steelers? Um, I refuse to believe the Steelers are going to do anything. I think Ben Roethlisberger is too old, and and I think he's garbage. But uh, that's just me. Um, I'm going to go crazy here, and I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns to win the AFC North. I know, I know. But it's Baker's going to make it happen, I'm telling you. Uh, AFC South, um, God. I don't think in, in – the first year in Jacksonville with a new head coach and your the the first pick your Trevor Lawrence I I don't think that they'll I don't think they'll win the division can they get to the playoffs sure but I don't think they'll win the division and um, I think that 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 God that's tough if Deshaun Watson was actually wanting to play in Houston and still and everything was gravy down there that'd be the team to pick but. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with God. It's a mess in Indianapolis. So Tennessee Titans, I think, is my only option there. God, that's awful. 
Yeah, but I think that's my pick. I think Tennessee Titans win the AFC South. God, it's terrible. AFC West is easy. Uh, Chiefs going to win that. No problem whatsoever. Um, Raiders will give them a little bit of a challenge. Um, I mean, you could have you could have four good teams there, but I think the good teams fine, but great teams you have the Chiefs. And what are you going to do? So um, in the NFC, in the worst division in football, the NFC East, one of those teams has to win. Um, Dallas fans, you're going to love me. I think it's going to be you. What? Yeah, I think it's going to be you. I think the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys take the NFC East with a winning record, by the way. They were 0-what in the preseason? Did they win any preseason games? I don't remember. Don't even care. Um, I can tell you that they were – I think they were 0-4 because then they play four. I think they were the only team that played four games. Yeah, they were on four. <laughs> uh, that's okay. It's preseason doesn't matter. Uh, you got you got your you got your quarterback. Uh, he's healthy. He's good to go. And I think, luckily, the rest of the division is trash. And uh, I think that with a winning record, the Dallas Cowboys win the NFC East. The NFC North. Whew, um, I mean that's gonna be the Packers. It could be the Bears. Could be the Vikings. Could be the Lions. But it'll be the Packers. NFC South, uh Tampa Bay. I, I don't know why you pick anybody else. The the Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore. Panthers, eh. And the Falcons, eh. Like the Buccaneers are gonna win that division. And then the NFC West, home of my Seattle Seahawks. Ugh. Oh man. Um I just don't – I don't – you guys are going to hate me. This is where I get so much crap from Seahawks fans. They're like, you're not a real fan. You never picked them to win every game and win the Super Bowl. Come on. I can I, – let's remember that I put myself out there as a realistic fan. That's what I do. So uh, I don't have to be all a homer and pick them to win every game and win every division. I, I don't have to be that way. And I don't think that they they win the division. I'm going to give it to the Los Angeles Rams. What? Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Rams. I think that the Rams are going to – I think the Rams are going to be better. I think the Seahawks make the playoffs as a wild card team, but I don't don't think that um, the – I don't think the Seahawks – I think the defense scares me too much to um, basically um, basically say that they're, that they're going to do it. I just don't think they will. I don't think they will. And that sucks. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So your wild card teams in the NFC will be – the Seahawks will be one of them. And um, – God, who's my second one? I lost it. Where'd it go? Seahawks are the first one. And then, um, God, it's tough. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to, Chicago Bears. Da Bears. Those are your, that's your wildcard teams from the NFC. In the AFC, you're going to get Dolphins. 
What? And uh, dolphins and man, this is so tough. I'm dolphins and Raiders. What? Yeah, dolphins and Raiders. Patriots, maybe. Maybe the Patriots get it. I don't know. Could be the one of those. Not sure. Uh, Super Bowl matchup. <laughs> you got. I honestly. Not even, not even, not even joking here. I think we get a rematch. I think we get Chiefs, Buccaneers. The difference is, I think that Patrick Mahomes gets revenge, and they kick the crap out of the Buccaneers and win the Super Bowl and force Tommy Boy to finally hang him up and say he's done. I think they scare him right out of there, and he goes, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'll take my 400 Super Bowl rings, and I'm out of here. <laughs> How about that? That's what I think. So, And then I wanted to throw in a sneaky snake team. That's what I call it, a sneaky snake. Uh, a team that maybe you don't expect to be any good that comes out of nowhere and is actually not too terrible. Um, but who is that team going to be? Um, and they're going to come from, oh man, do I want to pick this team or not? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced, not convinced. I can eliminate some teams that will absolutely not be the Jets. It will actually absolutely not be the Washington football team. I think my sneaky snake team, I think you're just going to, they may not even make they may not make the playoffs, but they could. And and it's gonna be the Arizona Cardinals. What? I like how I keep doing that. What? <laughs> I have no one to react in here, so I'll just do it myself. Uh I I think my I think I think. No, no, no. You know what? My sneaky snake team. No, no, no. Cancel that. I'm gonna go with the Detroit Lions. Here's why. I think it would be hilarious if the Rams win the division with their new quarterback, formerly of the Lions. And the Lions maybe sneak into a playoff spot with their new quarterback, formerly of the Rams. Wouldn't that be crazy? So my sneaky snake team is the Detroit Lions. And so that uh, you guys get entertaining football in Detroit. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and roast me if you want. That's what I got going on. Uh, before I give my, uh, we, we go through our winners for the week, uh, week one, just a quick, uh, call to action as always. Uh, if you could, uh, if you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, if they let you review. Also, if you could share when I post the episode on social media, if you could just share it with your friends, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, I love you all very much. I thank you so much for listening and, uh, keeping this podcast afloat. I'm having a blast doing it, and uh, I couldn't do it without seeing at least a number of posting every week that shows, hey, people are listening. So thank you for that. If you could share it with your friends and help me grow, that'd be awesome. All right. Winners part two for this week only is, well, not this week. This one is going to be for every week because uh, we haven't decided what the bet's going to be yet, but Dennis from Ohio is going to help me. We're going we're to do uh, our picks now. If you want in on this, I don't know what the prize is going to be for you guys. Dennis and I will make our own bet for whoever beats the other one. We did this a couple seasons ago. We did a pigskin pick them on ESPN. I will post the link tomorrow uh, on Twitter, Facebook, 
Um, yeah, for those two. If you want to get in on this, jump in, create an entry, and pick your winners for week one. Whoever gets the most right at the end of the season amongst our fan base that is in there in that group, uh, which we have a Common Ground Football Podcast group in Pigskin Pick'em, um, you'll get a prize. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but you'll get something. So get in there, make some picks. You want to do it this week because if you miss weeks, it brings your numbers down. You don't want to miss any weeks. I'm not going to require picks every week, but you want to make sure you're picking every single week. So uh, get in there and do that. Participate. Have some fun. Uh, it, it, it's a blast. Um, so uh, let's do let's do Dennis first and his game picks and what he's got going on. What's up, Brian McLaughlin? Here we are with my week one picks to start off this NFL season. So looking at the schedule, I got Tampa Bay over Dallas. Of course. Picking Buffalo over Pittsburgh. Makes sense. I got Carolina over the Jets. Absolutely. Picking Jacksonville over Houston because who knows what's going on in Houston. They just named Tyrod Taylor their starting quarterback, which might be a good option right now. Mm -hmm. I got Tennessee beating Arizona. I got the Chargers beating that Washington football team. Hopefully they come up with a name soon. Um, I got Philly beating Atlanta. I got your Seattle Seahawks going to Indianapolis. Thanks, and buddy. pulling off the victory in Indianapolis. Uh, Amanda is taking Chase and Olivia to that game, Woo. so that'll be fun for them. Um, I got Minnesota over Cincinnati. Um, Kansas City's going to beat Cleveland. Uh, the people out here in Cleveland obviously think they're going to the Super Bowl. They got a good chance, but I think Kansas City's going to get that one done this week. I got Miami going and beating New England. That's one of my upsets for the week. Um, I got Denver beating the Giants, Green Bay over New Orleans. I got Lar, a.k.a. L.A. Rams, and newly acquired Matt Stafford beating Chicago. And I got Monday Night Football. I got Las Vegas beating the Baltimore Ravens. And then obviously the one game I did forget, which is my team, San Francisco 49ers going into Detroit. They're going to win that game. I'm taking Emerson to that game. We're sitting right behind the end zone front row, so she's pretty excited about that. But I do have San Francisco winning that game. Um, as far as our bet, still not quite sure since we're not in the same location. Um, maybe possibly do something, Starbucks gift card, some sort of adult beverage gift card can be done, something like that. I'm up for options. Other than that, those are my week one picks, and let's get this season started. Yes, let's do it. I like those picks. Those are pretty good. Uh, all right, here's what I got. I agree with a lot of Dennis, a lot of what he has to say here. Uh, Tampa Bay will win the opener on Thursday uh, versus Dallas. I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. That's just how it's going to work, and uh, you can't convince me otherwise. So uh, that's a big win. Tampa, uh, Tampa wins the opening night. So then, um, Buffalo will absolutely beat Pittsburgh in Buffalo. Um, the jets are just God awful. Carolina will win that game. Houston, uh, host Jacksonville and, and Dennis is hundred percent correct with the uncertainty, uh, in Houston. I mean, obviously Deshaun's not starting. It will be Tyrod Taylor, but will it be? I don't even know. Yeah. He didn't even the starter. So he, it, uh, 
I think Jacksonville goes in there um, less pressure because they're not at home for for Lawrence's first game. Um, I think that Jacksonville wins that. Um, Tennessee beats Arizona. I have the Chargers beating the Washington football team on the road. Uh, I have Atlanta winning at home. Um, Cincinnati beating Minnesota. Um, sorry, Dennis. I think that the Niners get their booties kicked in Detroit. Uh, I still hope it's an entertaining game for you to see, but I think that you guys are going to lose up there. Um, Kansas City will beat Cleveland. It'll be close, but they're going to win. Um, I love the upset pick, Miami at New England. I love it, but I kind of want to pick it. But I think I'm going to go with New England beating Miami in New England. Um, Denver will beat the Giants. Green Bay will beat New Orleans. Um, the Rams, Lar, they will win uh, hosting the Bears, Da Bears. And Monday Night Football, Vegas hosting Baltimore, uh, the Raiders uh, will win that. So K.J. Wright, if he plays, have a, will have a great game uh, to uh, his first game in Vegas. So. Um, those are winners again, pigs can pick them on, um, ESPN. You can go on there and search for common ground. I think it's 2021 common ground football podcast, but I will post the link. It's open to the public jump in there, create an entry, pick games every week. You got to have them picked by the time kickoff happens on Thursday night. So, um, get your picks in there. Don't skip a week. If you skip a week, it's going to hurt you. Um, so don't do it. Um, here we go. It's time to get out of here. It's a long one, but I'm going to pick for the Seattle versus Indianapolis. In Indianapolis, I'm going to pick who's going to win this game, what the score is going to be, and I'm lastly going to pick a, a what I think the Seahawks record is going to be this season. So are you ready? Here we go. Indy is, uh, is well, a uh, little unstable in the quarterback position. So while I think uh, we're going to see uh, a backup quarterback run all over the Seahawks secondary, I think in the end, I think in the end, um, the Seahawks will prevail. They will come out on top. They will win this game uh, 34-31. Yes. And I'll go as far as to say it will absolutely be on a very last, uh, not last second, but very final part of the game. Uh, kickoff or field goal, excuse me, from from Myers because he's money. Um, he will be the MVP of that game for sure. Um, and they're going to do all that, right? Remember, they're going to do all of that without Russell Wilson throwing a touchdown pass. <laughs> uh, and lastly, team record. I think the remember we got seventeen games this season. I think it's I think ten and seven, um, and making that playoffs as a wild card. I think is where we're going to be. I think their schedule lends to ten wins. And um, there's going to be some games you think they should win that they will lose. There'll be a surprise game in there that they absolutely uh, do amazing on that they should lose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think 10 and 7, wild card, get to the playoffs. And then again, anything can happen. Once you get to the playoffs in the NFL, it all starts over. It's one game, anything can happen. Week one is here. I hope you all enjoy it very, very much. I am beyond excited. I cannot wait for Thursday night to sit down and and watch Tampa Bay beat the living hell out of the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's going to be so entertaining. And 
it just means football is back. You get to watch that first game. Everything's groovy. You're super excited. You're ready to go. And uh, remember, in week one, every team still has a chance. Everyone's in first place. Don't be afraid of, of what you see. Those first four games, you got to get through the four, first four games to really find out what team, what, what kind of a team you have. So overreaction Monday will come and you'll want to like freak out. Try not to. Let me do that. I'll go yell at clouds for you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back next week. We'll recap it all and, and, and go through what we saw. Until then, go Hawks. 